0: Chapter twenty two of the convict by g p r james. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty two. There were two persons in Brandon House who suffered deeply on the morning when Dudley was carried away to prison, and each mistakenly encouraged some degree of self-reproach, such as none but delicate minds can feel, for having unwittingly and unwillingly placed one they loved in a dangerous and painful position. "'Eda Brandon thought, had I not taxed his generosity to forgive, "'uninquiringly, injuries of which he knew not the extent, "'and to go forth to save from disgrace and danger "'the very man who had inflicted them, "'this false charge could never have been brought.' "'Edgar Adelon said to himself, "'If I had not communicated to him all my suspicions "'regarding the conduct of this young reptile lord towards my sweet Helen,' He would not, in a fit of generous indignation, have done that which has brought him into peril and sorrow. Oh, that I had had any other friend at hand to consult upon the conduct I should pursue. Oh, that Helen, telling me all, had justified me in driving forth the viper from my cousin's house. Oh, that Father Peter had not withheld the tale of all the insults that she suffered till it was too late for me to act and another had punished the offender as i ought to have done such thoughts passed through his mind about two hours after dudley's removal from brandon and while eda was still in her own room to which she had been carried as soon as the house had resumed its usual state mr filmer and sir arthur adelon were closeted in the library and the only apparent result of their conversation as yet had been an order for one of the grooms to ride as fast as possible to Barhampton, and bring four post-horses to carry the baronet on his way to London. "'What can I do? How can I act?' Edgar Adelon asked himself. "'I must have someone to consult with, and I know not whom. I do not believe my father loves Dudley in his heart. I have seen him eye him with an expression of dislike, and I will not trust the priest.' "'Good man as he is, his policy is always a subtle one. "'It is a pity that, with those Italians, amongst whom he lived so long, "'he acquired that covert and indirect mode of dealing. "'His purposes and ends are always right, I do believe, "'too right and honest to be sought by crooked means. "'I must talk with Eda. "'She is candour and truth itself, "'and yet has wit enough to put all filmer's arts at fault.' i will talk with her and with his usual hasty action he was going at once to put his purpose in execution when he heard his father come out of the library go up the stairs and knock at his cousin's door sir arthur remained long with his niece and edgar who remained in the room below for some time thought he heard his father's voice sometimes raised higher than usual at other times however it sounded with a low murmur as if holding a long and earnest argument The young man grew impatient at length, and going forth into the park he wandered about for nearly an hour, and when he returned found Sir Arthur's post-chariot at the door, ready to bear him away. "'Your father has been waiting for you, Mr. Adelon,' said the butler. "'He is in the breakfast-room,' and Edgar immediately directed his steps thither, without asking any questions. "'Why, Edgar, did you not know I was going?' demanded the baronet, as soon as his son appeared and then without waiting for a reply he proceeded it is necessary for me my dear boy to go up to london at once to break the sad intelligence of lord hadley's death to his poor mother in the meantime i think it will be better for you more decent more proper to meddle as little as possible in the affairs of a gentleman charged with having produced his death at least till after he has had a fair trial and is acquitted or found guilty I have some other business of importance to transact in london but i trust to be down in time to be present at the funeral if it is to be performed here mr filmer will make all the necessary arrangements according to the directions he will receive edgar adelon was like most young men somewhat wrong-headed his disposition was too firm and generous for him to be spoiled as it is usually called but he had been very much indulged And usually took his own way he never indeed showed the least want of respect towards his father in word or manner but he generally followed the course which suited him best with less reverence in his actions than in his deportment on the present occasion then he made no reply but remained determined to do everything he could for Dudley notwithstanding all opposition after a few more words from Sir Arthur Edgar accompanied his father to the door of the carriage took leave of him and then at once mounted the stairs to eda's room and knocked at the door go into my little sitting-room edgar said eda who knew his step and i will come to you directly i wish much to speak to you my dear cousin but eda kept him some time waiting and when she came at length edgar saw that tears had been late visitants in her eyes do not grieve eda dear said edgar taking her hand kindly this will all pass away but let you and i sit down together and consult what can best be done for poor dudley he will be acquitted to a certainty i think nay i am sure i do not know edgar answered eda But in the meantime we must do all we can to help and comfort him, and that is why I wished to speak with you so much, for I know no one but you who seem to love him here. "'Oh, yes, there is one other, Eda,' answered Edgar, with a smile, "'one who loves him very well, I think.' The colour rose in Eda's cheek, but she raised her eyes to his, answering at once, "'There certainly is, Edgar, and I have just told your father so.' "'I avow it, Edgar, the more frankly, because it is necessary, if we really would serve him, to have no concealments from each other. We have jested and laughed over such things, Edgar, but now it is necessary that we should speak plainly, both of your situation and mine.' First, then, tell me what my father said,' answered Edgar. "'I promise you, Eda dear, I will have no concealments from you now. You are a sweet, kind, affectionate girl as ever lived.' and you have neither pride nor prejudices which should make me afraid to tell you all my own feelings. Let me hear what my father answered when you told him of Dudley's love, and what you said to him again. He said much, Edgar, that was very unpleasant, replied Eda, but do not let me dwell upon it. He found me firmer than he expected, and he is now fully aware of my intentions, and, moreover, aware that he can never change them. "'at least I hope so, for what I said should leave no doubt. "'But now, to other matters. "'I think you have a sincere affection for Dudley, is it not so?' "'I would lay down my life for him,' answered Edgar Adelon. "'But when I said that there was another who loved him well, too, "'I did not altogether mean you, Eda, but I meant Mr. Filmer.' "'Eda waved her hand and shook her head. "'Your religious feelings blind you, Edgar,' she said. Mr. Filmer does not love him, never has loved him. There was a peculiar look came into his face the very first moment he saw Dudley here, which you did not remark, but which I did, and which I have remarked more than once before, when any one whom he hates approaches him. It is but for a moment, but it is very distinct, and, moreover, I have seldom seen any one call up that look who has not somehow fallen into misfortune." do you remember the farmer hadyer upon your father's estate in yorkshire and how after being in very prosperous circumstances he was soon totally ruined well the first time i saw the poor man come up to speak to your father when mr filmer was present that look came into the priest's face nay it is you are prejudiced eda replied her cousin what offence could poor hadyer have given to father peter and how was he instrumental in his ruin "'His wife had been a Catholic, and became a Protestant the year before,' answered Eda. "'How his ruin was brought about, I do not know. "'But I heard Mr. Filmer dissuade your father from granting what had you asked, "'and which seemed to me but just and equitable. "'He said nothing in the man's presence. "'But when he was gone, and he found your father was inclined to accede, "'he urged that if your father granted the remission of half a year's rent— to one farmer, on account of the flood which carried away double the value of corn, he would have some such accidents happening to some of the tenants every year. But all this is irrelevant. Mr. Filmer loves him not, of that I am quite sure. We must seek other counsel, Edgar, and find means to prove Dudley's innocence. There is one, I think, who can supply it, if she will, and you must go to her and seek it, for, if I am not mistaken— and eda smiled as she fixed her eyes upon him your voice will be more powerful with her than that of any other human being you mean dear helen clive replied edgar eda you have made your confession and mine is soon made helen clive shall be my wife whatever obstacles may stand in the way she too would if she could i am sure show sufficient justification for what dudley did it was on an act of righteous vengeance "'upon as base a man as ever breathed.' "'What do you mean, Edgar?' exclaimed Eda Brandon, "'gazing at him as he spoke, with a flushed cheek and flashing eye. "'You do not really believe that Dudley did kill this unhappy young man?' "'I do, Eda,' answered her cousin. "'But listen to me.' And he proceeded to tell her all he knew, and it was but a part, "'of Lord Hadley's conduct to Helen Clive.' He spoke, too, of how he had himself, on the preceding morning, informed Dudley of the facts, acknowledged his own love for Helen, and asked the advice of his friend as to the course he ought to pursue. "'He soothed, comforted, calmed me, Eda,' continued the young man, and in the end told me to leave the affair in his hands, and he would take care that my own dear, gentle Helen should be insulted no more.' From the evidence given by the servants, it is clear that Dudley and the other had a bitter quarrel upon this very theme, that the wrongdoer was insolent in his wrong, and provoked his monitor more than patience could endure. Dudley is by nature fiery and impetuous either, and, depend upon it, they met last night. This base peer provoked his nobler friend, and Dudley struck a blow which, though unintentionally, punished him as he deserved." eda mused sadly for a moment but she then replied no edgar no your father told me that dudley solemnly denied the act were it as you say he would not have done so impetuous he may be but most decided in right and truth he is and always has been he would have told the tale of what had happened as it did happen the act and the motive would have stood forth clear together and he would have left the rest to fate and besides, I know he did not do it. He went out at my request on business, which nothing, I am sure, would have turned him from. The dinner was somewhat late, the hour named fast approaching, and I could see his anxiety to go. He would not, I know, have gone ten steps out of his way at that moment, on any account whatever. No, Edgar, he did not do it and Helen perhaps may help us to the proofs, for she must know who the men were that Dudley was to meet near Mead's farm. There were others about, too, I am sure, and by their testimony we may perhaps show, step by step, every yard of the way that Dudley took. Go to her, Edgar, go at once. Why do you shake your head?' "'Because, dear Eda, Helen is no longer within reach,' replied Edgar Adelon. She embarked last night with her father, who was implicated in this mad rising and attempt upon Barhampton. Eda sat speechless with surprise and consternation. Her hope of proving Dudley's innocence had been based entirely upon the information which could be given by Helen Clive, and now to find that she was gone, and evidently to a distance, too, seemed to strike her with despair. From her uncle, and from the servants, she had gleaned a very accurate idea of all the evidence which had been given before the coroner's jury, and she had seen from the first the difficulties of her lover's situation, with far more alarm than he himself had felt. But her mind was quick and intelligent, and turned after a temporary pause of consternation to consider what was best next to be done. "'Fear not, Eda, dear,' continued Edgar, seeing the expression of alarm upon her face. "'I must soon hear where Helen is. She has promised to write to me whenever she arrives in France, and to let me know where she is to be found. At all events, the priest must know.' "'Stay, stay, Edgar,' said Eda. "'Helen's evidence would be too late. My uncle tells me the Assizes will be held in ten days. And you must trust Mr. Filmer in nothing, Edgar.' you think i am prejudiced but it is not so i know him my dear cousin but there is another way if we could but find a person named norris he might assist us why that was the very leader of these men said edgar somewhat sharply i heard him myself harangue them two nights ago on the little green before the old priory and he used my father's name in a false and shameless manner alas in a too true manner edgar answered eda i must tell you all now edgar for dudley must not be sacrificed his object in going out that night was to save my uncle from participating in acts that may bring ruin on his head whether he succeeded in persuading him to desist or not i do not know for i did not dare to ask your father but be assured edgar that up to eight o'clock last night it was sir arthur's intention to be present with if not lead, the people who attacked Barhampton. It was I who urged Dudley to go. "'But what could he do?' demanded Edgar. "'You know my father in such circumstances attends to no advice.' "'True,' answered Eda. "'but Dudley had a power over him, Edgar. "'And she proceeded to explain all that she herself knew "'of the dark transactions in which Sir Arthur Adelon "'had been engaged in former years.' she put it gently and kindly not as an accusation but as an unfortunate fact and she told how generously dudley had promised at once when he heard the means norris had employed to urge her uncle forward on so fatal a course that he would assure sir arthur on his word of honour to destroy the papers spoken of without even looking at them edgar's cheek at first flushed and then turned pale "'and in the end he covered his eyes with his hands "'and remained buried in thought. "'Helen told me,' continued Eda, "'willing to lead his mind away from the more painful part of the subject, "'that whoever I sent to seek my uncle "'will find some men waiting near the place called Mead's Farm. "'There were watches,' she told, "'along the whole line of road, "'and some of them surely saw Dudley pass. "'At all events, Norris can give information, if any one.' "'and the only difficulty will be to find him.' "'I will find him,' cried Edgar Adelon, starting up. "'But then,' he added, "'perhaps he may have left the country, too. "'I will seek him, however, let him be where he will, "'and find him, if it be in human power, to do so, "'for Dudley shall not suffer for his noble and generous devotion.' "'But let us consider, Edgar, "'how Norris can best be heard of,' said Eda, but edgar waved his hand with that bright happy thing the smile of youthful confidence upon his face and Answered I will find him dear girl. I will find him. I know several of the men who were with him I recognize their faces at the priory But I will about it at once for there is no time to be lost End of chapter 22